This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? If you have struck a rough day, some of you, or been through a rough day, as the case may be, you look up and say, Lord, I'm yours. See me through this one. And he will. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hallelujah for that promise. What we've been doing the last couple of days is to hit the high spots in the book of Philippians. Just a couple of precious looks at this wonderful little book. We took Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to keep on working in your life because it's it's his name and his purpose and his reputation and his love, frankly, that are involved with you. And then we came over to chapter 2, verse 13. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do. If Philippians 1, 6 says, he which hath begun a good work will continue, what kind of work does he do? Well, 2.13 says, it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. Now, what happens when that occurs? Well, your value system changes, and your uh, entire outlook on life changes because of your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking now at Philippians 3, where Paul says, what things were gained to me. You know, that uh, that's his, uh, his lineage, the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. What things were gained to me. He was a Pharisee as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the, the church, and touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. This was a good man. He said, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things just loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. You give up something to get up something much, much better. There was a young lady that sang for us in 1944 in the Youth for Christ rallies. And she she had a gorgeous voice. She was a she was a winner in in the talent search that it was carried on in those days by some secular organization of beautiful soprano voice and she continued taking lessons and developing it and sang all over this country and abroad as well for the Lord. Uh, for a number of years. I haven't seen her or heard from her for, I'm, I suppose, more than 20 years, so I don't know where she is today. But uh, I spoke to her one day, called her by name. I said, do you ever date? I don't see you with the fellas at all. Oh, she said, maybe I will, maybe I will. But right now, she said, if you're going to sing and develop your voice, you don't have time for social life. She said, I gave my voice to the Lord, and, I, and I'm using it for him, and that's all I can do. There isn't time for anything else. 
Well, I don't know whether she ever did start to date or ever did get married. Well, I'll find that out when I get to heaven. But I remember that statement. You give up one thing to do something else better. Now, a lot of people think of the Christian life in terms of being deprived of of what they would enjoy doing otherwise. Paul looks at it differently. If God is working in your heart, you begin to know that he's the best possible relationship you could sustain. And his work is the best possible activity you could enjoy. It is God that worketh in you to will. That takes care of the want to. And to do, that takes care of the performance of his good pleasure. Paul said, I had it made. I was born in the right family of the right nation and trained in the right way. And my character was was developed properly and my reputation was spotless and I was fanatically zealous for the things of uh, Jehovah God. He said, I had it made. But I gave it all up. I counted exactly just only merely loss. He said, I've suffered the loss for him. For the Lord Jesus Christ, I've suffered the loss of all these things. And I look upon them as so much refuse, garbage, in order that I may win Christ. He said, there's a new value system taking over. What I used to prize, I now look upon as so much junk, refuse. I don't, I don't prize it any longer. Do you, do you follow that in your own life? Now, you see where I'm, where I'm driving at. There are areas in our lives that we, we need to look at. We need to look at them and, and say, now, do I prize this more than I do my Lord Jesus Christ? Those I count loss for Christ. Where is it in your life, that area that needs to have a tag put on it labeled junk? Oh, that makes us wince, doesn't it? Because there are some things that we hang on to so tenaciously. We just won't let them go. We're like the tiny little monkey that was captured in the jungles because the trapper took a narrow-necked vase, a vase with a neck just wide enough for the little monkey to put his hand through it, opened, that is, an opened hand through it to get at the food that was down in the bottom of the vase. But then when he had it tightly in his grasp and his little fist was clenched, he was caught because he didn't have sense enough to let go and open his hand in order to get free. And that's the way it is with many of us, I think. We have our hands tightly clenched in the vase of life, and we've got something in that hand, and we won't give it up. Not that. Oh, not that, Lord. Don't take that away from me. Well, the question is, I guess, who is worth more? Paul said, I count all things just so much garbage in order that I may win Christ and be found in him. I think the problem is that the things of this world, my old philosophy prof, Dr. Weir, back in the 1930s, boy, that's a long time ago, isn't it? When I was in college, 
at Wheaton, my prof used to talk about mountains, cups and saucers, and Model T Fords when he was talking about things. <laughs> mountains, cups and saucers, and Model T Fords. Things. The problem is that those things are far more real, oftentimes, than our concept of and our awareness of our Lord Jesus Christ. How then do you make him real enough to outweigh the things in this life which you might otherwise be hanging on to? How do you go about that? Well, number one, you don't get to know a person until you spend a little time with him. In private conversation with uh, Dr. Ben Armstrong, who is executive director of the National Religious Broadcasters, I said to him, you know, I said, this seems to be a very fine group that we're traveling with. Yes, he said, and it's, it's, a, great deal, uh, it's a great deal better than some I've known. Oh, I said, what are you driving at? Well, he said, you know, some people, they're fine to be acquainted with, but to, to travel with them, uh, it gets a little difficult, he said, smiling. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the way for you to, to come to a proper evaluation of the things in your life vis-a-vis the Lord Jesus Christ in terms of their value The way to do that is to spend some time in his presence so you get to know him. Honest now, you don't have to tell anybody, just between you and the Lord, but honest, how much time do you spend in prayer every day? And how much time do you spend listening to his voice in the word, the Bible, God's inerrant, inspired word? How much time do you spend listening to him? Most of us are so incredibly preoccupied with the life we live and the schedule we must maintain that prayer and Bible study, if we dutifully observe it at all, many people don't do much either praying or Bible reading. They pray when they're in a jam and hope to get through the side door of heaven successfully someday. But if we do observe prayer and Bible study, we do it dutifully and we heave a sigh of relief when it's done. Now, spend a little extra time. I used to say to the fellows in Youth for Christ, it's the extra few minutes you pray after your mind has said, say amen, let's get out of here, that counts. Spend a little extra time with your Lord. Be quiet before him. Worship him. Let the Holy Spirit of God fill you with love for Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given unto us. Spend some time with your Lord and begin to realize how wonderful he is. That's his name. His name shall be called Wonderful, said Isaiah. And oh, I think the the very first step that many of us need to take, my beloved friends, is to start spending a little extra time with your Lord so you can get to know him. How can you evaluate his worth if you don't really know him? So, Paul says, Oh, that I may know him. See, verse 10 of Philippians 3. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Time will run out before we finish this little passage, and I'll come back to it the next time we get together, God willing. 
For you, my beloved friends, let this be the challenge of today. Decide concerning things and relationships of this life whether Jesus is worth more than all of them. And the way to come to that decision is by spending some extra time with your lovely Lord in worship and in prayer. Dear Father, today, give us the good sense to wait before Thee long enough to get to know Thee, to walk with Thee, and thus to make the right choices. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.